welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very good morning and welcome to the next edition of Breakfast Webinar uh, with Nigel and Mark. Good morning, Nigel. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Very well indeed, thank you. Very well. Very dynamic start to 2021. Lots of people joining and we've got a a full-on schedule today, haven't we? We have. (laughs) We have. I mean, it's it's a subject quite close to our hearts, I would say. You know, it's it's, it's helped us kind of get to where we are today and it's... uh, it's all about what mentorship means from from our perspective, you know, and um, hopefully the the audience can resonate with our thoughts. Yeah, it's been a key part in um, in what we've experienced over the best part of thirty odd years of our our adult careers. Um, so we thought we'd share with you some of our our reflections, uh, our experiences, um, uh, some of our relationships with our. Our mentors in the past, some of them have been very brief and some of us have lasted many, many years indeed. Um, and just build up that, uh, that, that story so you can see how we've gained uh, our advantages from it, um, the trials and tribulations that uh, we've been able to lead ourselves through. So, uh, yeah, so this, I mean, it's hugely important. Um, and having a uh, that right strategic vision, having the right clarity, I mean, that's You've got to have that North Star in, in what you do, haven't you? You, you have, absolutely. And um, I, th- I think, you know, sometimes m- mentors, and, you know, we'll, we'll reflect on a couple of hours, I think, in a bit, but, you know, I think mentors, sometimes they're there in your life and you don't actually reala- realise they are mentors until kind of after the event. And um, some really powerful connections, um, certainly over the years, that you know, look forward to sharing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Your reflections there, you know, we've been in business a long time, 25, 30 years each in, in corporate life and uh, uh, many years uh, since. Um, yeah, those, those, uh, those interludes with, with people, those, those mentors, as you say, most of them, if not all of them, have never really had the name mentor on them necessarily. Um, who would you say has been some of the the powerful ones in in your life, Nigel? Would you share some of those with us? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And I kind of just reflected, um, you know, a little while ago, and just just sort of rocked back in my seat while having having a cup of coffee and my breakfast and what have you, and just thought about some of the the key people that, that stood out really in in certainly my journey. And um, I, I think you know, in my parents, my parents were key. Um, you know, my, my dad was, um, you know, 30 years in the police force, mom, a housewife, um, you know, but I, I you know, I, I hold dearly the guidance, the uh, the respect for others that they, they instilled in me, you know, that encouragement and discipline. Um, I'd also, I'd also say my wife's parents as well. Uh, I met them when I was um, a few years ago, when I was kind of about 17, 18 years of age. And it was, you know, it was their support, encouragement, guidance, you know, and around property and asset thinking as well. Um, you know, I, I've got to be forever grateful for for their input. 
And so that's kind of the the, the parental side. Um, but then I um, I moved into the world of martial arts uh, for a number of years, nearly nearly twenty years actually. And um, I stood in practice the arts of Taekwondo and Shotokan karate. And um, both to an advanced black belt level as well in, in both disciplines. And uh, unfortunately, it stopped many years ago due to a competition injury. But notwithstanding the physical benefit at the time, um, you know, the training, um, including the learning, you know, the history of the arts, et cetera, et cetera, it, it just instilled a lot of discipline uh, in, my, in my life, particularly, you know, respect for others, respect for yourself. Um, and just just discovery around different ways, um, a way different way of life, really. Um, that um, you know really has been ingrained in, in me today. So so that was it. But two two particular parties in that particular chapter was two senseis that, that I had association with, uh, the former and the latter. Latter probably more influencing. He was um, he was a senior individual. Um, a Canadian champion, you know, he, he, he'd got qualifications up and down the, the scoreboard, really. But, you know, he, he built a foundation of grand respect. Um, a great friend. Um, I, I opened and ran a couple of um, uh, clubs with him as well uh, in Essex. But, but as a trainer, you know, sensei mentor, he was absolutely incredible and really un- underpinned, as I say, that discipline, control, uh, the strength in adversity as well. Which is a you know a key point that uh, indomitable spirit really I think which is one of the one of the tenets of uh, Taekwondo um, you know the courtesy the integrity the perseverance self control and indomitable spirit so they were the the, the key points there um, I think probably my fourth one um, was my apprenticeship so I, I left school I was actually going down the route of the to follow in my dad's footsteps but. Adversity hit there with government policy, so I had to kind of jump ship a little bit, but went into a five-year apprenticeship. And I joined a company that was really revered in the in the local areas, being old school, you know, high quality, definitely not cheapest price, definitely highest price. But uh, I was saying to you, Mark, earlier that uh, I think joining at kind of 17, 18 years of age, I think it brought the average um, age down to about 40 <laughs> in the company. <laughs> You know, um, so, you know, real old school individuals and, you know, had a whole wave of apprenticeship uh, years going through their business. But, you know, they taught me a lot. And, and at the time it was hard. It was really hard. But, you know, they, they taught me attention to detail. Um, and and really, when the going gets tough to keep going kind of thing, you know, and so that was that was a great life lesson for me, certainly. I think further on in business, there was an individual, um, we, we met him in Mighty Group, Mark, didn't we? And uh, he was a great guy. And he was the individual that kind of tempted us into the into the group uh, to set up a business within the group, um, rolling out data centers and infrastructure. And he was, you know, he was a friendly guy. He was very, very supportive. But, oh, my goodness me, very straight-talking business operator. No you know, he it, it didn't he didn't scoot around the surface. He went straight for it, and I think that that taught us as well. And Mark's got a great phrase, I'm sure, we'll share with you in a minute. And um, you know, coming more into the the property world, you know, we engaged with a property mentor, um, just slightly younger than us actually, but hugely hugely successful. Had been operating in 
in property for you know tens of years, built a phenomenal portfolio, you know, into the tens, twenty million sort of range, you know, phenomenal. And you know, we 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 brought him in as our mentor in the early years, and that was absolutely fantastic. But I think I think in summary, Mark, you know, I mean, effective mentorship. Um, you know, it should pay for itself over and over and over again. It just goes without saying. If we can avoid hugely expensive mistakes, and you know, and if it's done right, can massively enhance and and generate life changing outputs. Wow. So it almost becomes a very very small line item in the in, in the bigger scale of things. But uh, but yeah, they they were the key pe- key elements. Really, there's more people than items, but you know, that, that was kind of the, the, the few people that stood out for me, certainly. What about yourself, sir? Well, many o- over the years. Now, I'll just pick on, pick on one you mentioned there. Um, the, uh, we, we'll call him Colin. Um, and uh, I mean, he, he sponsored our new company, really, into a PLC. We, we set that business up. Um, and he had a phrase, uh, jam tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And he so believed in our business plan, so believed, and he wanted us to fulfil our true potential. He really genuinely backed us to the hilt. Um, and every month, the, the numbers weren't quite where they needed to be at the start um, because as soon as we set the business up, the dot-com a bubble burst. Um, so we were, we, were, we were left there with um, you know, quite a quite a tragic set of situations out there in the industry, but but we prevailed. We, we drove through the business, or we ended up selling uh, 49% of the business five years later um, at, at a real industry premium. So, so that worked very well. But his phrase was jam tomorrow. It's jam tomorrow. You know, I want it today. Um, but he was building that indentured long-term program. And it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by Charles uh, Schwartz. Uh, he said that there is no greater burden, burden than an unfulfilled potential. And I think that really strikes, strikes to the heart of every single one of us. And, and maybe that resonates more with me, you know, as, a, you know, as I've got older in life. Um, but there is no burden greater than an unfulfilled potential. And I really believe that. I remember you and I, Nigel, I mean, we've known each other since the, the mid-90s. Uh, you know, saying uh, you know way back when, probably twenty years ago. You know, we don't want to uh, we don't want to look back and think. You know, I really wish I'd done that. You know, let's uh, let's achieve that now. Um, and sometimes you need to reach out. And one of the greatest strengths in business is humility. And sometimes you have to reach out to to other parties. And when I mean, you ask me where where some of my reflections have come from, um, uh, and people who have mentored me directly indirectly um so one of the first uh obviously is, is my parents they they taught me you know what i believe has been great great values um i think that's where the creation of shared value came from as well you know always leaving something on the table for for other people everybody leaves uh leaves a deal with a sweet taste of success and and go again and uh, you know i love those principles um one of the uh, people who had a, a very dramatic influence uh, on my life, um, he employed me. I was the first, pretty much the first employee in Europe. Uh, it was a guy called David McCourt. Uh, if you've not read David's book, actually, it's a cracking read. It's called Total Rethink. 
uh, David employed me straight from after I'd finished my construction degree in way back in 1992. Um, and David was an incredible guy. He ran a large telecoms uh, group of companies um, in the in the US, and he saw the the deregulation, the unbundling of the local loop as as British Telecom lost their monopoly on the copper networks in the UK and opening up the fibre. And that gave you and I the opportunity, Nigel, to to do what we did with fibre networks and and rolling out large swathes of global infrastructure, primarily data centres. So David McCourt, he just blew away um, the traditional thinking um, and he just drove industry-changing tra- uh, opportunities. And I was very, very fortunate to be right at the, uh, uh, the, the outset of that. So he gave me my first opportunities in business. Um, and being, I mean, he's Irish, but um, being from, I suppose, uh, American origins, um, the American culture was very much, you know, throw you in at the deep end and, you know, the, the, life, the life vest will follow if you really, really, really need it. Um, so I was blessed with a lot of responsibility and opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, any any job that came along, I reached out and grabbed it and just grabbed every opportunity I could. And I was very thankful for the culture that he um, that, that he created. Um, so, yeah, uh, David McCourt was a, a real key influence for me. And I reached out, actually. We had a, had a nice chat um, uh, middle of last year, actually. Um, Another uh, another key person, uh, Mike Ryan. Uh, Mike was uh, my first uh, MD back in the UK after David McCourt took me to the US and uh, was involved over there for nearly a year. Um, yeah, Mike had a, a fundamental effect. Um, he was again challenging tradition, a real go-getter, real driver. But the culture was we we worked five and a half, six days a week. You know, the Saturday morning culture in the offices. Um, and it's really building on the that that strong work ethic that um, I'm very thankful for for my mum and dad they they bred into me. And I remember saying to Sharon as we were bringing up our children, you know, one of the core things we we want our children to um, to I guess enter adulthood is with is uh, you know that core strong work ethic, um, whether that's in business in play. You know, whatever they set their mind to, just give it everything you've got. Full immersion, I guess, is what a, a swimmer would say. Um, so we mentioned uh, mentioned Colin. Um, you mentioned one of his phrases. Uh, I remember him saying to us, Nigel, after we'd signed our papers and we started the business, you know, he said to us, uh, he said, look, I know you guys are going to do some fantastic things. He said, I'm going to back you to the hilt. And you're going to grow, and you're going to you're going to employ a number of people there. He said, "I've just got you know one piece of advice as you employ lots of people and grow your business. One piece of advice: no wankers." <laughs> and and that that has stuck with us, hasn't it? Um, that old saying: "You are the product of the five people you spend the the most time with." And you know, creating the Areca Academy culture. You know, we, we want to be. Want to surround ourselves, and, and we want to surround you with you know such positivity and uh, you know productive discussion, not chit chat and tittle tattle. Um, and that really 
the no wankers culture that stuck with us since when was that 2002 wasn't it yeah 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 yes very good but you know you know you're right i mean you know in terms of building teams and and which we've done all around the world really haven't we um you know it's it's just been so so important that people that we introduce to people and you know you can have an established team and kind of get the wrong person in and it can create what was a, an amazing you know functioning force to to be something quite uh, quite a problem so that there was always that responsibility of just finding people where the chemistry was with you know work it's it's no different to relationships is it the, the chemistry's got to be right yeah and uh, you know that was a big point of um, you know getting the success going through the years so yeah yeah and creating those relationships that that endure and um, you know we both worked around the construction industries of the world and i think i last counted worked in 33 countries and that consistent factor of of the construction industry which i believe is still one of the most litigious industries in the world uh, a lot better now than it was 20 years ago um but you know, if if I want to make more profit, you're going to make less profit. That's the economic equation of the construction industry. Yep. And forever has it been so, you know, main contractor, subcontractor, suppliers. And quite often it's the, it's the highest quality engineering brains that are employed by the specialist subcontractors that are at the bottom of the food chain. And we fundamentally, as engine, both engineers ourselves, we fundamentally disagreed with that. And when we left corporate life, we decided to take control of our personal economy, but but also make sure we we created the culture that we were very very that we believed in, that we were very passionate about. Uh, and that culture was, you know, the cream rises to the top. Um, yeah. There's equality and diversity. I mean, equality, the the, the word equa you know, equitability, equality there. Um, the very best rises to the top. Everybody has opportunity to to succeed and grow and creation of shared value um, surrounds us all. And um, we talked about that creation of shared value, haven't we, with some of our developments and how we've invested in other businesses like Cornerstone Place mm-hmm. um, to to enable the wider problem to be solved. Yes, and and that was kind of a, we we kind of linked that to a bit of carbon offsetting, really, but in a in a social way, didn't we? That um, yes, yes, obviously, you know, the particular project I think you're referring to Zurich House in Crawley. There, you know, that that was a, an awful place when we you know we viewed it and actually took it over. You know, taking out probably fifteen hundred hypodermic needles, and you know, it was a real uh, awful place, awful place, and you know bitterly sorry that 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 is is the case and but but by just removing it and converting that that building you know into what is going to be you know beautiful flat complex um residential complex there you're you're not resolving the problem you're just kind of moving it somewhere else so and um yeah so so our strategic thinking around that point was just to invest in a business that was looking at more of a wider picture um, you know, to look at homelessness and, and the eradication of it um, around the UK. Uh, you can't necessarily resolve the problem in the location, but you can look at uh, a, a bigger picture. And that's that's where we saw we could absolutely make a, make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's that transformative thinking. You and I both 
grew up, grew up in our corporate life with with that David McCourt thinking of, of challenging, transforming standard industry models. Um, another guy who was very prevalent in in my thinking was uh, a guy called Colin Williams, who was on the board of British Telecom. Um, and Colin then became uh, um, one of the founders, actually, of, of, of MFS, um, which was then brought out by MCI and WorldCom. Um, again, just completely transforming industry, thinking differently, challenging traditions. And that's exactly what you've just described, that we're doing with Cornerstone Place and that, that offsetting to help alleviate some of the drug dependency and, and homelessness challenges uh, around the country. And you know, with a target of 10 million homeless bed nights over the next uh, 10 years, you know, incredible focus and, and challenge. Love that. And that doesn't come at a cost. That comes as a, as a, as a, a benefit of doing great business. Yeah. Um, the economics don't suffer. Um, this isn't uh, philanthropy. Uh, philanthropy quite often isn't sustainable over the long term. This is about having your cake and eating. So, um, and and that type of thinking again needs great mentorship, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, where where non-exec directors on a number of different businesses, quite often businesses that we invest in, so we provide that mentorship in. But equally, we're very humble as well. We we learn from um, people like Richard and David. Are just absolutely fantastic at social impact, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah, very much so. I I also reflect, Mark, on on your your pursuits over the years, you know, in terms of um, endurance and and all the all the various uh, races that you've formed part of, and I I can't help but think, you know, there was people in in that arena that probably had a mentorship role for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I always always like to push myself, whether it's in in business or 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 outside, you know, being in the TA or skydiving or whatever whatever it's been. But when I uh, took up ultramarathon running, it was after I'd done uh, I'd done a few Ironman uh, triathlons. And to be honest, the bike I, I found a bit tedious. The swimming I really didn't enjoy, but I just enjoyed getting my trainers on and going out and getting muddy in the woods. And um, and I, I found that I, could, I was never going to be the fastest, um, but... Uh, just grinding away um, and a marathon became a double marathon became a triple marathon and um, so you know get heading towards 100 mile 100 mile races in a day and and that took a lot of time to explore nutrition my body um, and how I could push myself and it was it was probably 20% physical and 80% mental having that deep resolve and, yeah. and the d word the word that you mentioned five or six times earlier on it wasn't lost on me nigel mm. was discipline mm. you, you mm. can control your thoughts your temperament mm. um mm. calm under pressure i think is something mm. that we we both um mm. uh you know understand um been involved in a lot of trials and tribulations over the years but that calmness under pressure leads to clarity of thought um, and I, I guess there hasn't, in answer to your question, I guess there wasn't a single single mentor for that. Uh, maybe I could have reached out uh, to one, but um, it was it was actually the power of the group, the, the mastermind, if you like. You know, so many different people gave me so much advice in such a wonderful community. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess we see that every day in our property and business lives in with the ECRA Academy and our, 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 our mastermind, our ECRA uh, mentorship mastermind. Um, but, and I really needed that support. Um, you know, when you've, when you've run for 16, 17, 18 hours solid and you've still got five, six, seven hours running left, left to go, it's, it's snowing, it's two in the morning, your, your eyes are going funny, you've got your head torch on and, you know, you've, all your body wants to do is just crawl up and go to sleep under a hedge. And, uh, um, but something just drives you on drives you on just keep those legs churning and 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 whilst the objective is to get to 100 miles in 24 hours um the the shorter to breaking the challenge down into shorter objectives and the, the first 25 miles you're just starting to calm your body down get into a rhythm 25 miles to 50 miles, you're trying to control your your liquid intake, your nutrition. Um, you know, 50 to 75 miles, you're starting to focus on maybe the next sort of hill or the next uh, telephone wires or the next field boundary and just breaking it into a few hundred meter chunks. You know, 75 to mile 90, 95. I mean, literally, you are to the next gate post, literally aiming for the next 100 meters, 50, 100 meters. And for the next, uh, you know, mile 90 to 95, where you probably just try not to throw up over your own trainers, to be honest. But, you know, but you really gradually start to shorten your horizons. But each step gets you closer to the goal. Absolutely. But I think that's the importance. Um, I think many people, one of the biggest millstones they have around their neck is they haven't got a strategy and a clarity of a roadmap. We find this, don't we, in our first strategy calls that we have with people. You know, that's an immense burden. You know, you're all energetic, 2021 started, get down to your keyboard. Right, what do I do? Mm -hmm. HMOs, is it commercial conversions? Do I set up an e-commerce business? What is it? Mm -hmm. So quite often the first role of a mentor is to help you gain absolute clarity of your strategy, your vision, where your businesses are or what your businesses will be in the future, and the the, the clarity of the roadmap. Then there's the mastermind thinking, um, but also then the tactical thinking as well. But you know, to alleviate that that millstone, and I found that group, the group interaction with with ultra marathon running, was incredibly incredibly powerful, and quite often that came from military roots as well. So back to the D word, the discipline word. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I can well, I I know firsthand, but the you know the event itself enables you to grow as well. You kind of. You understand where your boundaries are, where you're, you, you've got a great phrase, haven't you? you know, find the bottom of your reserve tank kind of uh, scenario. And you, you do find that and you can then reflect that on you. I, th- I think you, gr- you grow. I, I've got a, an example of um, just for charity, we cycled across Borneo and um, it was on mountain bikes, but nonetheless, we did this over five and a half days. It was just over 300 miles, um, but it was 300 miles going over volcanoes and through paddy lands and 40 degree temperatures and 98% humidity every single day and there's no way we could have trained for that and on the first day on the first day we were 
we were climbing up to the top of Mount uh, Kinnablu, which is obviously the the capital of Borneo, and there's this huge volcanic mountain. They were climbing up to the top through the rainforest, through the um, through the clouds, to the upper parts of the clouds, and it was just so hot, Mark. You know, forty degrees. It's just no, not many people experience that. But the humidity, oh my goodness me, you know, nigh on hundred percent humidity, and it was very much like that. It was one pedal stroke at a time. And we were getting to the point where because of the heat, and they'd actually tarmac these roads, but you had to keep moving because the the tarmac was so soft, the tires were getting embedded into the tarmac. <laughs> so there was there was no choice. If you stopped, you would you were stopped and that was it. And we just had to keep going and keep going. And and it was it was really interesting because on the journey over, you know, some of my colleagues and we met other people, it was all for charity. It was for the uh the children's charity. Um but you know, there was a lot of bravado and, and what have you. And, you know, I saw grown men cry, you know, going up that first day, uh, the physical effort that hadn't been appreciated and, you know, was realised. Um, but we, you know, we all stood very true. We, we, we promised, we made a, a, almost like a promise to ourselves. Um, and there was 25 of us in total. Uh, we made a promise to ourselves. There was a complete support team, you know, the motorbikes going up and down the, the run, giving water and those sort of things. Just couldn't drink enough. It was just so hot. And there was a truck and a coach behind, and we promised each other at the start nobody would get on the coach. And you know what? Nobody did. <laughs> and and that not that the power of, you know, like-minded individuals all in the trenches together? It's just hugely powerful. And, you know, I, I feel... I, Having done that, got all the way to the end, got heat stroke the last day as well, which was just horrendous. But um, got to the end, but coming back, I just felt like a different person. You feel like a, you feel like almost from within, you've grown. You know, you've had so many new experiences, not particularly good ones, <laughs> but you've got your way through, and you've got to the end, and you've you've overcome those demons and what have you, and. Uh, it just, just as individual, it just makes you grow, doesn't it? The, the event itself. And you, you mentioned that phrase earlier on. You know, so many of us live a life of, of comfort and don't truly challenge, both physically or mentally, what we're truly capable of. You know, um, when I when I entered the the, the marathon de Sar, running across the Sahara, you know, that was um, I wanted to really understand how how deep the bottom of my reserve tank really was. I think, I think I pretty much found it, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it was once a real moment, actually. It was, it was 53 degrees one day, um, and it was, oh, it was an absolute horrendous. This session was it was a, uh, a double marathon. It was 50, 56 miles, um, and that took me 22 hours. Um, and it, you could see the heat, heat haze. There's no shade whatsoever. Um, and there was one tree. Well, it's more of a bush really than a, than, a, than a tree and in the middle of nowhere there was a young lad who had a jumper on with holes on and he was lent up his moped with a bottle of coke <laughs> in the middle of nowhere <laughs> come from anyway maybe, maybe i was hallucinating at the time I, I don't know. but that yeah you're taking yourself to the bottom of the reserve tank in a safe response mm, of course um it's it's a, a great way of truly opening up um, 
but it's that that group accountability quite often that keeps mm-hmm. you on track. Um, yeah, and we've we've just uh, we've we've got our uh, Equa Fitness and Wellbeing WhatsApp group, which is just it's been taken by storm, hasn't it? That mm-hmm. just that knowledge and accountability for our mentees um, in in. In, in the refinement of nutrition and health and well-being, you know, it's not all about weight loss and the inspiration that is coming through that. Um, well, it just radiates. It's uh, it's an absolutely wonderful environment. It is. It is. So, you know, I think I think mentorship is per se. It comes in many forms, doesn't it? it you know, you you go through life, you have different experiences, you grow from them. Um, you know, you meet people, sometimes you don't realize they're, they're having an influence, but they do, uh, profoundly, um, you know, and then there are people with the badge that's got men- mentor on it and, you know, they're equally as important, but, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, I think I mentioned six groups. I mean, there's obviously more people than that, but six groups of mentors in my life, but I, I can't actually remember which one it was now, but I remember somebody saying to me, Nigel, what? what's going to happen is you're going to go through a journey and you're going to get into a, a point in that journey that's very unknown, um, a little bit scary, um, but it's almost like the analogy being you've come to a set of patio doors, okay, and you can see what's beyond, but you've got to get through these patio doors. And <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was one of my, I remember it was now, it was one of my um, martial arts um, senseis. And he said, Nigel, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm just going to push you through the patio doors. And then you realize there's nothing to be worried about. You know, you're on the other side, you're in the next phase and you just move forward and you'll get to another set of patio doors and I'm just going to put my hand on my shoulder and I'm just going to push you through. You know, and I thought, thought that was a great way of summarizing, you know, just to have people around you um, in, in your journey of life you know, they're just influ- influencing, supporting, and uh, just getting you to where you want to be. Isn't that powerful? Somebody who has got your back, somebody who truly believes in you, somebody who you can share anything with. And, and having a, a mentor is a, is a very personal selection, isn't it? Yeah, it is. um, you should be able to talk to your mentor about absolutely anything. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, we've both been mentors for 20 odd years and non-exec directors for 12 years. And, yep. you know, there, there are, are still scenarios and situations that, that come up that, uh, you know, are, are new to us, you know, that's the humility there. Um, but, you know, having that, that confidence there, um, and that's why we spend a lot of time getting to know our mentees. That's really important. That frames that that strategy uh, session. By the way, if you are interested, there's a couple of uh, uh, notes here. Um, I'll just drop a link into the chat box. Um, If you want to set up a a meeting, this will set you up a a 30-minute call with me personally. If you want to have a chat about anything that we've discussed on this call and uh, Equa Mentorship, um, this is going to be recorded in a podcast. We've got a a new podcast uh, being launched Uh, later this month. So this will be one of the episodes on our new podcast. So if you're listening on our podcast, a very warm welcome. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's uh, absolutely incredible. But I picked out, um, I guess, four things that um, 
really might resonate with you. They certainly resonate uh, with us on a, a regular basis. Um, one is the end of procrastination. Procrastination really is, you know, toxic. Um, so procrastination has to end. How are you going to end that procrastination in, in your life? Will that be through uh, a, a group, a mastermind group? Will that be through a personal mentor? Um, um, you've got to take action and, and make a start in whatever you do, wherever you get your support from. You've got to take action and get moving. Worry about perfection later on, but worry about improving You know that quality. We come from an engineering background. We were dealing with high voltage, high pressure systems. Um, so, you know, we come from a very highly resilient, risk assured uh, background, but make a start. Uh, perfection will, will come. And um, we have that phrase, you know, start with version one to get to version 10. Just mm. got to get moving. Even if version one's just a draft and you don't actually go live until version five or six, start mm. with version one. And I use something like uh, Evernote, you know, just got something there. It's open. Uh, I made some notes on just some thought processes I had last night, wrote half a dozen lines, and I'm sure there'll be end up being 20 or 30 lines by the end of the month. But it just evolves. It may come to nothing. It, it may come to something. But it's got a stronger chance of coming to something if you start getting it down. Um, thirdly, start with the end in mind. Um, it's great taking action, driving in, but, you know, lift your chin up, look towards the horizons. What are you trying to get to and what, who are you trying to serve as well? You know, you, how does this affect your, your personal economy, you, your family, your structure? Um, we'll do another, uh, another podcast session on, um, multi-generational legacy and bringing the children in. In fact, for our mentees, we've got going to roll out something on a monthly basis, aren't we, for yep. the next generation? Yep. Uh, and of course, as well as uh, business and and life partners, um, the kids are complementary in equimentorship as well. So it's a, a unique feature. So we're going to be rolling out more support for, um, for for the children, no matter how old your children, whether they're ten or whether they're uh, twenty five. You know the the we still want the best for, uh, for for the kids. And finally, structure, structure, how we structure deals, how we structure companies. So again, that 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 support and that needs that that support, guidance, the curation and nurturing of the confidence skills, and I guess team as well. You know, we uh, we might not use. Um, uh, mentor the mentorship word with our professional team, but having the humility to just learn from every area of expertise that we wrap ourselves with is just so fundamental, Nigel, isn't it? Absolutely, and you, you know you can achieve some just amazing things, and you know in in life by just wrapping yourself around people that have have got individual knowledge, and nobody knows any more than anybody else. It's just everybody's got a particular discipline. It's understanding how you bring those people together to move something forward. You know, you may well be at the the helm of the ship, you know, steering the ship as it were, um, but um, you you don't necessarily need to know all the, the bits and pieces. That's what the professional team are there to do. You just need to know that you need the professional team and the, and the disciplines, you know, within that team to to support you. So, it's all out there, all available. It's it's just as you say, Mark. It's understanding the end game, 
Um, the end game's really, really important. Uh, there, there may be two exit strategies, there may be two ends, um, you know, in any one sort of uh, plan, but you just need to consider it because it can be quite, um, it can, can be quite an impact of time and cost to, to tack in different directions if you kind of make a decision halfway through. So if you can kind of think at the end, work yourself back to today, and then, you know, use your professional team to, to guide you through uh, if it's tax efficiency, if it's structuring, whatever it may be, just to guide you through to the end game. Yeah. We, we set ourselves very powerful short to medium targets, don't we? Three, mm-hmm. six months targets, yep. real stretch targets of what we want to achieve in business or in life. Um, and we'll have no qualms about engaging with the right level of expertise to get us there. We, you know, we might be stretching ourselves beyond our limits and we need to bring in someone or something else to uh, yeah. to support and and enable that to trigger it um yeah so think yourselves what are you trying to achieve uh, mm. you know six months time think where you were six months ago six months ago was um you know it was, it was summer wasn't it august mm. time you would just have the sas alliance conference mm. uh, think where you'll be in six months time that's only early july just about to go into the summer so what were the decisions you made now that will be defining for you in the future? Mm. Um, record those, write them down, look at them yeah. on a regular basis, hold yourself accountable. <clears throat> yeah, there was a, uh, there's a great, um, uh, a great strategy that I know some of our mentees um, adopt <clears throat> and uh, I think some are on the, the call today, but you know, there's the writing a letter to yourself um, so you kind of imagine you're in five years' time, and you're 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 writing your letter to yourself, and you've explained all the successes you've had in that in that in those five years. You know, be it at a business level, be it at a family level, be it at whatever level you want. But you you write to yourself, and you talk about where you are today, um, and it's hugely powerful. And it's um, it, it's something that I I, I picked up. Uh, probably a year ago from uh, from somebody that uh, had done this uh, carried out that strategy and it re- it really it really touched home to me to be honest and I, I did the cell the same process to myself so I, I wrote a letter and you know I consulted with my wife and all those sort of things so it was quite emotional in terms of you know the wording and, and how it was phrased but but that's kind of stuck stuck in my gray matter you know it's in my, my conscious and my subconscious so you won't be surprised Surprised to hear that you know decisions that are taken on a daily basis subconsciously are guiding me towards the, the content of that letter, and um, you know it's really really powerful stuff. So starting with the end of mind is is absolutely key. Uh, be it at a project level, be it at a, an annual targets level, be it at a five year aim goal. You know that's let's, let's you need to get that down and um, you know get it into your mind, pin it on the wall, whatever visual aid you need. Just to get it out there, so you've you've got constant reference to it. I agree. I agree with that. And just works so it's transformative. Really is. Um, what one of the one of the the pleasures I have. Um, I mean, I, I teach our mentees um, steps to take to structure deals to raise private investment. Um, uh, I, I run our investor relations side of the business within within Equa. 
um, so I have the very distinct pleasure of working with high net worth individuals, um, which is which is a skill in its own right. Um, but the pleasure comes with uh, having great deep discussions with high net worths who are clearly top of their field, who have had some absolutely phenomenal experiences. And I have to also say spectacular failures in the past as well. Um, they're incredibly humble, um, many of them, not all of them. Um, and uh, it's, it's just wonderful to hear their stories. Um, and they will give they will give great feedback. And it's a, a top tip for you. If you're working with high net worth individuals, you know, listen, ask for their feedback. Um, they will give that feedback directly, subliminally, um, but really take on board the feedback they're giving as to as to your proposal. Um, they are high net worth reason, uh, high net worth individuals for a reason. You know, they've been successful in what they do. Learn about what they've done. Understand what are the traits of uh, of, of successes for them. Um, they're a great source of that informal mentorship guidance um, and, and indeed inspiration. So you can take inspiration from, from many different areas. And what I find with, um, with the high net worth individuals, you know, this isn't a take relationship. You know, it's a, it's a give and take. It's the creation of shared value. Uh, many of them aren't familiar with, with SAS as an example. Um, so I might give them a copy of my SAS pension book, might talk how, how we use our SAS, how we've transformed. And that gives something back to the conversation. Oh, how, how does that work, Mark? How, how did you do that? Why did you do that? What can you do? So it ends up being a, a very, very elegant discussion where everybody's creating shared value. Everybody provides something, everybody takes something. And that's how our business should be. So I think we're about at the end of our, our session, Nigel. It's been um, quite a deep, very personal session this time. Yeah. No, I've, I've, enjoyed, I've really enjoyed it because, it, it, you know, sometimes you, you forget, you forget, don't you, you know, the people that influence your lives uh, along the journey. It was just nice to kind of rock back in a chair with a cup of coffee and just reflect, really, and obviously to share with everybody um, on, the, um, on the webinar today. So, no, it's been great. Brilliant. Well, as always, if you if you fancy a chat, then just reach out in, in the chat box. I'll put the link there. Click on the link and you can set up a, a personal 30-minute chat with myself and uh, let's get to know each other and work out uh, what works best for you. But in the meantime, have a fantastic week and we'll be with you next Wednesday uh, for breakfast with Nigel and Mark. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.